The coronavirus is here to ruin your life. Everybody needs to panic and freak out right now. Go to your local Costco, stock up on all the toilet paper you can grab. Beat up an old lady to grab it. If you don't get toilet paper, you will die. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Grayson Hozell, back again with another episode of the Everything Podcast, where we do everything on this podcast. And today we're going to talk about a hot button issue, um, one that is very near and dear to my heart, uh, and that is the coronavirus. Uh, The coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, that is C-O-V-I-D-19, it's a type of illness in which patients experience kind of flu-like symptoms and some uh, symptoms of, you know, fever, cough, shortness of breath. I hear it compared to uh, pneumonia a lot, or the two go hand in hand or something like that, where uh, patients in more severe cases, they get uh, pneumonia in both lungs. Um, And that's, you know, that could be very scary, especially for, you know, the elderly or those with respiratory uh, issues already, Um, you know, the ones with the pre-existing conditions. Those are the the more high risk um, people, because I do I do see that a lot of people are recovering. um, Those that tend to die are those with pre-existing conditions and those that uh, tend to be older, um, but the ones that have, you know, are not immune compromised, like their immune system isn't compromised um, and are perfectly healthy, they tend to recover pretty well. Um, but still, it's it's a very scary disease. That being said, it doesn't necessarily scare me. The illness itself does not scare me. Um, I do not have pre-existing uh, respiratory issues. I am not super old. I don't think, I mean, I don't know, maybe I am. Am I? No, I'm not old. Uh, So I'm not necessarily scared by the illness um, in and of itself. What really scares me is the panic that this is causing. I mean, I, so this is just a little, an aside right here. I went to Winco the other day, and those of you that follow me on Twitter know this. I went to Winco and there was a 30-minute wait to get in, which, you know, I, 30 minutes is not bad. I don't really care. Um, but when I was inside, I noticed these people, this one person in particular, had eight cases of a – like so eight 12-packs of toilet paper. As in they had 96 rolls of toilet paper that they were buying. Uh, hang on. 96 so i did some math i did some math okay at 96 rolls if each roll has an average of 150 sheets so 150 sheets of toilet paper 96 times 150 is 14,400 sheets of toilet paper there is no way you are going to the bathroom that much if you do go to the bathroom that much that you have an issue Okay. Actually, let's break this down even further. Let's break this down. Say you say you do have an issue and you have to use the restroom. You have to go number two, three times a day. 
three times. And every time you go, let's say you use, I don't know, 12 sheets, 12 sheets. That's pretty reasonable. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are doing when you go to the bathroom, but so every day you use 12 sheets and you go to the bathroom three times. So that's 36. That's 36 times you're going to the bathroom in a day. So let's divide that. That is 400. So if you take 14,400 sheets of toilet paper and you use 36 a day because you're pooping three times a day and you're using 12 sheets every single time you go to the bathroom, that is 400 days worth of poops. Somebody in that Winco was walking around with that many rolls of toilet paper. That is what's scary to me is people are freaking out right now. I have no idea why. Sure, this disease is super scary, you know, or this illness. I'm not sure if it's considered as a disease, but this illness is super scary. I totally get that. But the panic over buying toilet paper. First off, nowhere in the symptoms does this cause explosive diarrhea, excessive pooping, the need to go to the bathroom every so often, like it, it, <laughs> is it because it's the supplies? Is that why people are freaking out? They're worried they're not going to be able to go to the store and get supplies. Is that why? It has to be. That's the only explanation I can come to because there, that is just a ridiculous amount to me. And the other thing, people are buying cases of water. If you are not in an area where you're local drinking water as in your tap water is undrinkable so if you're in an area where your tap water is undrinkable i understand buying cases of water what 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 is an issue with buying cases of water in areas where your local drinking water is totally drinkable have you have you never heard of a brita of drinking out of a brita I, I remember when I was a kid, I used to drink out of a hose and that water used to hit different. It was just so, it was so good. <laughs> I don't understand. I really don't. Just buy a Brita. I feel like this, this event, this whole coronavirus event where so many people are buying so many water bottles, so many cases of water bottles, this is going to lead to so many single use plastics being just absolutely just destroying just absolutely destroying some local ecosystems because I guarantee you not all those are going to find their way into a trash can. And I guarantee you not all those trash cans are going to find their way to a, um, a waste, a waste site. And that's very sad. That's super sad when you have perfectly fine drinking water in your tap. And if you're scared to drink water out of the tap, buy a Brita. It's that simple. It's so simple. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too, Close-minded. Maybe I've just been too negatively affected by this coronavirus to really see both sides of it. I don't know. It seems it seems really it seems ridiculous to me how people are are treating this. I mean, you have multiple celebrities. I'm not going to name them just because I don't remember them. But you have multiple celebrities that are you know, posting on their whatever medias that more people should be taking this seriously. And, and, and in some cases, that's 100% true. What For those of you who watch sports, what Rudy Gobert did, totally unacceptable. 
you know, that's just careless. But in the most cases, when celebrities tell the public that they should be taking this more serious, the public is taking that information and, and seeing that and thinking, I need to freak out because of this. Celebrities are telling me to freak out because of this. That's, that's what I'm seeing. And that is no good for a society. That is just not a good thing. When you have that kind of platform and you can reach out to that many people, so often your words can be twisted, contorted to the point where the, the, the public sees what you're saying and they are automatically thinking, because this person is making this out to, to be the worst case scenario, I have to make, I have to make this the worst case scenario in my, in my life. And that is not good. That's not safe. The way, the way we get over this is calm. It's very, very level-headed, not freaking out, not panic buying, not causing all these department stores to go into, you know, anaphylactic shock over the fact that they've run out of the Charmin Ultrasoft. <laughs> and now they're getting low on, you know, Germex, you know, that I think there are more appropriate ways to act. And I think the way that society is handling this so far is showing how poorly we are capable of handling a global catastrophe. I'm a little hesitant to call it a catastrophe because I really don't think it is so far. I really don't. And, you know, maybe that's just rude for me to assume. Maybe that's just, you know, <laughs> maybe that's not very kind of me to say. I, I, I don't know. The rate at which it's spreading, it is spreading pretty fast, but it, I, I don't know how many people it's reached in the U.S. I'm going to say about 15,000. I don't know if that number is accurate or not. But let's say there, let's say there's 15,000 cases and there's 200 million people in America. I think that's somewhat true. That that's less than 1% um as far as the rate as far as like the rate of those infected and that's with those that have been tested as well. So many people don't show signs, so they don't go and get tested. You know, and that could that could honestly be another issue is that those who don't have signs, the, those who don't, you know, exhibit symptoms, they go and they interact with somebody who's, um, you know, more likely to contract the disease, you know, someone elderly, someone who's immunocompromised. And, and that can be where the issue is. And from that standpoint, I kind of understand the whole social distancing, self-isolation. But I think when people say that, when people hear the words social distancing and self-isolation, they think, I cannot leave my apartment or I will get sick and die. And I think that is where a big issue comes into play uh, as far as how the media is making this, this pandemic as it's been labeled, this pandemic, that's how the media is making it seem worse than it is. In my opinion, this is all in my opinion. And I don't mean to get political by any means. This is just the way me as a person who's been affected in the sense that uh, the place where I, you know, employed has had to suspend operation. So now I don't have 
you know, a complete source of income. Luckily I do have another job, but others are not, you know, as lucky. And this is just the way I'm seeing it and the way I've been affected so far. Now, granted that could change, you know, somebody I know could be, uh, infected and that could make me, you know, completely flip sides. But from what I am seeing right now, and especially since where I'm living, there's only a couple confirmed cases. I don't know. It's hard to see the other side from where I'm coming from. And I think, honestly, because of the way the media is handling it, um, I think a lot of those who really need supplies, those who are high risk, um, I believe is what is what they're being called, being called. Those that are high risk are not getting the supplies they need because everything's being taken by those who are low risk. You know, I, I've seen so many posts um, on Twitter recently about um, elderly folks who are scared to go out. They're scared, that, rightfully so. They're scared to go out, you know, to Sam's Club or Costco or Walmart to get supplies. And even if they do, chances are they're not quick enough to actually get them or get what they need. And because somebody else is buying them, then the, the, the other people that are buying them are the ones that the, the people that are buying them are the ones that are the ones that are getting 96 rolls of toilet paper, taking eight packs. That makes no sense, you know, and it's really sad that those that are high risk are being subjected to that. And that's really tough. And I think I saw um, somewhere. Uh, someone came up with an idea that uh, it, it's kind of like a volunteer based service where um, those who are low risk um, volunteer for a service where those that are high risk will reach out to them and have them go out and get supplies for them so that they can limit their exposure to the public. And I think that's a really good idea. I think that that's a good way that a lot of people can seek employment, especially in this time. Um, and it's a good way for those who really need supplies. I think it's a good way for them to actually get them with, with low exposure, with low risk. It, it, but what I'm seeing is just too many people are taking things, taking things from those who actually need it because of this excessive buying, because instead of, you know, going to the store you know, getting one pack of frozen chicken, they're buying four, they're getting three packs of Germex, you know, three cartons of, of, uh, water of drinking water, you know, and it's just, it's unnecessary and, and it's negatively impacting those who actually need that stuff. Another thing that's been negatively impacted by coronavirus um, is so many universities across uh, the United States, across the world even, are, you know, shutting down, um, leaving a lot of kids to have to go home. And they're shutting down, <laughs> yawning on the podcast, nice. Uh, and they're shutting down in the sense that they're not completely closing. Classes aren't canceled. They're just going online. Um, you know, and I that's – Logically, that's probably the most appropriate way they can handle this. It's just 
so many students are going to have to leave to go home. Um, and parents are also negatively effective in the sense that, you know, they have kids coming home now that they weren't planning on. And if they had kids living in, um, on campus housing, for example, a dorm, and they had to pay for that, you know, they're no longer living there. Why are they having to pay that fee? Um, and these are just some of the problems that have come up that I've seen um, and had parents come up and uh, actually talk to me about as well. <clears throat> and um, it, personally, I'm not a fan of online classes. I'm so bad at online classes. I'm so worried for you know, what this is going to do to my, my education, my grades. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, like I said, this is probably the most appropriate way to handle this. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it works because what, uh, what a professor said to me, uh, last week, which I thought was actually interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. A lot of people are going to be using, um, what's called zoom. It's, um, it's a streaming service kind of uh, it's in, in which the, the professors are going to live stream their classes. Jeez, two yawns. Wow. Maybe it's time to go to bed. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, they're going to live stream their lectures to the students. Um, you know, that, that seems cool and all, and that seems like it's going to work. But when you have so many colleges, so many colleges and so many students that are going to transition into that, I don't know if the Zoom servers are going to be able to handle that kind of, um, I don't know the word for it, that influx of activity. Uh, that just seems it's going to take a while to, to actually work itself out. Um, I mean, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Nevertheless, here, folks, my overall opinion on the coronavirus is, yes, the illness itself is scary, especially for those that are high risk. But is it necessary for the public to extremely freak out to the sense that, you know, you're flooding department stores, you're flooding grocery stores, and they are losing all of their supplies so quickly? I don't think... That is an inappropriate reaction. I really don't. It seems quite unnecessary. You're putting the high-risk community in the back of your mind. You're, you're thinking, me first, what do I need? I need 96 rolls of toilet paper. It, it just seems unreasonable. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how long this plays out as well. I read something today that... Uh, the president said that it, it could last until July or August. That would be awful. I hope not. Um, realistically, this will probably last till the end of March, a good amount of April. Hopefully by May, it stops. That would be ideal. Um, so I don't know, folks. I don't know. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm going to try and keep it, the podcast relatively long just so you have something to listen to. I'm thinking between 15 to 20, maybe even 25 for some of them, depending on what kind of podcast it is, you know, whether it's an interview or a breakdown and analysis, you know, 
it's just going to depend. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's going to be it for this one. This has been a discussion on the coronavirus. Think of it what you will, uh, you know, take with it what you will. I didn't mean to get political on this. I, I really didn't. Um, it's just, it's amazing what kind of, what kind of a stop America kind of has come to at this point. Um, that being said, folks, this has been the Everything Podcast, where we do everything on your podcast. I am your host, as always, Grayson Hosell. Be safe. Peace out.